Welcome to the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Empey and Richard Bott. And so he's got some great stories. So if you haven't seen it yet or listened to it, please do. You can watch it on the YouTube channel if you want in his house. <laughs> he's got a rather You don't have grand... to go to his house. It's filmed in his house. Yes, he's got a rather grand <laughs> house, hasn't he? Has he has a big house. Uh, yeah. You can tell he's been pretty successful over his career, that's for sure. Or, of course, you can listen to it on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, just back to us two. So what have we been up to this week, then? Well, we've been down at Porsche again at Silverstone, haven't we? Yeah. A little bit down there. Yeah. Um, but we've been working on our own sort of programs, haven't we? As much as anything else. So we've yeah. got a few people who want to do some racing. So we've been putting some packages and programs together for them, haven't we? So to yeah. get them get ready over the winter and things. Yeah. And it's it's getting to the time of year now where obviously it's getting to the tail end of the year. So uh, we've got drivers we're doing um, sort of winter programs for to get ready for next year. But obviously new drivers that are wanting to join Veloci driving for the former you know following year so mm. uh which will be great um yeah great to to see so it's just planning what category is best for them um and then of course getting a development plan in place because it's not just about the season itself but it's prior isn't it to, yeah. to the season getting them ready um as much as possible in all areas isn't it the the technical element the mental element yeah um consistency physical side as well which is um a big area that um, perhaps sometimes some drivers don't always think about <laughs> until no, they actually no. get racing cars and <laughs> uh, realise how hard it can be, actually. Um, yeah. Which is why uh, we can't say much about it yet, but we're actually also building a Veloci Driving Academy. Um, so this will be uh, joint with um, some partners in karting and cars, but we can't say too much about it yet. But it's going to cover many areas which um let's just say a lot of academies you get some of those areas but we're going to try and merge all of them together with the mm. right expert so uh there's been loads going on there hasn't there which has, has been quite exciting yeah, and interesting going maybe. on there yeah because um when i think back to when i was racing i think of all the things that um i didn't have um and the difference it might have made actually um especially the mental side for me i think um the pressure of the sport and um you know uh the pressure on the grid needing to perform especially with sponsors being in a team all that kind of thing so um yeah it's like it's almost nurturing and conditioning people when they're younger and and then going up through the ranks so they're ready when they're at the top so yeah um yeah so that's been going on hasn't it as well yeah and then we've been doing some stuff with confidence. So we've been doing some confidence drive type stuff just on the road. Yeah. Uh, but interesting, you've been doing some similar stuff with one of our drivers. You've been doing it on the road and track, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so putting together some different exercises to try and help them and things. Some yeah. stuff not in the car. This is out of the car, isn't it? Absolutely. To try and help people. So. Yeah, which then hopefully you see the results in the yeah. car. So, yeah, um, I did three so different different exercises for a racing driver I'm looking after, at the, or we're looking after at the moment. Um, yeah, um, and there are various uh, psychological exercises which can then 
uh, certain things you don't actually have to do at the track that you can do away from the track that makes hopefully make a big difference um, to your mental strength and performance. As we've mentioned many times, 80% of performance, once your technical ability is to a certain level, 80% um, of performance is uh, in the mind, of course. So it's a big area we like to focus on because if you don't unlock that properly, um, then unfortunately you can have an amazing, amazingly fast driver on the track and unfortunately not see true potential no. under pressure. And then of course on the road, it's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a little bit, but, but in both scenarios, it's not necessarily, you know, it could be other things going on in their lives. So like for racing drivers, they're not performing on track because there's something else that's going on in their lives. So we're sort of helping people with that. And that's been the case with the confidence driving on the road a lot of the time, hasn't it? That it's not necessarily about the driving really it's about all the things that are going on in people's lives and you know if you try and improve those a little bit then their confidence grows in all areas and then they feel a bit better about the road and absolutely you know it's yeah. never just one thing it's never just life's great but i can't drive on the road because i'm not feel, feel very confident there'll be yeah. lots of things and reasons behind yeah, that so. and all linked together really yeah. that you have to unlock so which i love I, I find um you know working with people um and trying to see them develop in many areas um, but I think the mental side is probably one of the most rewarding actually mm. um, even more so than the technical side for me personally um, but yeah so we've been we've been keeping busy that's for sure there's not enough hours in the day no, moment, there's a lot going on with that and um, working at Porsche um, which of course we, we we've been at for a long time and love and have learned a lot there as well haven't we yeah um, and a great manufacturer to work for and be associated with um, but it's lovely to use a lot of what we've learned and and move on to do other things as well with it so. yes i mean the thing with porsche for me i think is it gives you the opportunity to do lots and lots of coaching absolutely and in, in very different environments as yeah. well over the years it's changed a little bit more recently but over the years it has hasn't it mm. and um that's the thing compared to a, a lot of coaches out there where it, you know certainly initially as well you coach people for a few laps and you, you can spend days with these people um, and really get to know them and, and learn that from a young age. I mean, I started with Porsche when I was 24. So, you know, I had to learn how to host and really learn each individual very quickly um, and how to get the best out of them very quickly. And uh, that was a bit thrown in the deep end, to be honest, but um, it definitely did me good. That's mm. for sure. Oh, I yeah. Think yeah. And hopefully, hopefully it's paying off now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All these years later, who knows? <laughs> so moving on to road cars, there's something quite interesting happening, isn't there? Yes, and I've seen bits and pieces about this around. So I thought yeah. we'll dig into it a little bit more. Um, and the thing that catch, caught my eye first of all is, it, is it's um, essentially what looks like a modern, a reimagined Lotus 62 mm. uh, from, this, from the 60s and 70s, which is a great looking car. Uh, but then you're digging a bit deeper and the people involved with it are really cool. So you've basically, it's, it's, it's a combination of Jensen Button, a boy called Ant Anstead, who for those of you who are sad like me and like Wheeler Dealers, he's the guy that took over from Ed China. Now for me, Wheeler Dealers was Ed China. Um, yeah. I know he had the other bloke. <laughs> oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, um, so yeah, so this is the bloke who took over from Ed China. So clearly he knows his stuff and he's a car man and all that kind of stuff. And a guy who was a Bugatti, a Bentley and an Aston designer. So they've all got together um, and they're involved with a company called Radford. And Radford were a coach builder. So back in the day, in the sort of 40s and 50s, if you bought yourself a Rolls Royce, you didn't necessarily get a didn't necessarily have a body on it. So there were lots of people who coach built them. Um, and the one that Bentley own now is Mulliner. So you can get a Mulliner uh, Bentley, which is all the special bits on it. So essentially they've done that. They've got they've taken Radford, they've taken the Lotus Evora, 
and they've created this Lotus 62. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and and it's it, a very um, cool-looking thing. It's interesting because they've, they've used Jensen to develop the chassis and setups. They've used a racing driver to really try and get the best out of it, I suppose. Yes. Um, but it looks really spot on. You can get two different types, can't you? So yes. a classic and a gold leaf. Am I right in saying that? Yes. So, yes, so you've got a JPS one, black yeah. and gold. And you've got the gold leaf one, which is the red with the, you know, the, like the, um, so Jimmy Clark's cars where we're okay. Like, okay. towards the end of the end of his yeah. career. So, but away from that, I mean, it's got the similar kind of um, Avora, you know, three point five litre supercharged V six. Yeah. Uh, which um, the classic version is what four thirty brake. Yeah, you get me all Pokemon like and don't you to the other. And then the gold leaf version is about five hundred brake horsepower. But what's really cool is they are offering a six speed manual or a seven speed dual clutch. Um, so I love that that they're offering both because as so we, many manufacturers about. <laughs> are now not doing that. And I think um, for a lot of people. Okay, I know the majority of people want to have an auto, but for drivers, there's still a massive percentage of people that love the, the, the pleasure of driving a manual. And it's not necessarily about speed, but involvement, isn't it? And yeah. For me, like things like heel and toe and stuff like that, that I, I actually taught myself how to do that on the road rather than the racetrack and, and then move that into, into racing and it, things like that, which, which I really enjoy. So I think it would be... A really special car, but they're only making a sixty-two. They're only making sixty-two. So I imagine mean, that that will go up in value. Oh, it will. I mean, if, you can, if you're in a position to get one, I mean, it's certainly something I'd imagine oh, will go up doubt. over over time. Won't I it? mean, what Radford did in the sixties is they built, they rebodied minis. Yeah. Uh, again, not many of them. So all the Beatles had one. Mm. Um, and Ringo Starr's apparently was designed to fit a drum kit in it. So it was, ah. it was a Radford bodied mini that with a drum kit in it. <laughs> and, and and that sold recently for over a million quid. That car. Yeah, yeah so go. so you get a Jensen button set up Radford. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. go far wrong with that. Maybe maybe Jensen's owned and driven a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then then you're definitely not going to go wrong with that. No, absolutely, sure. absolutely. Um, so moving on to driving, then we thought we'd talk about the importance of exits. Um, it's something that, that comes sounds, up a lot, isn't it? Again, yeah, it, in coaching, um, road or track. We'll talk about track first, and then we'll move on to road. But certainly track, especially. Um, when people are learning or even when they're not learning it's easy to forget and push hard overdrive and try and push the entries of the corners a lot and, and jeopardize the exits yes. um, and this can be shown in, in many ways with video analysis data and so on but um, we teach it right from the start don't we through to elite drivers that need to be reminded sometimes about you know extending uh, their straights, let's say. Yes. Well, if you want a quick win on track, this is your first one, really. Yeah, absolutely. It's concentrate on your exit. So there's an thing, an old adage for motor racing, which is slow in, fast out. Mm. Because essentially what you're trying to do is go down the straights as quick as you can. You want a drag race between corners almost, really. Yeah, absolutely. So the better your exit is out of the corner that leads onto the straight, the lower your lap times are going to be. Absolutely. In a very simple term. So, you know, we talk a lot about trail braking and, and rotating the car and you, you, I explain a lot to, to clients that the brakes aren't just about slowing the car down, but about rotating the car and setting it up to get the best exit you possibly can. Hmm. So best exit being the straightest exit as early as you can so you can get full throttle down. Simple as that. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it sounds perhaps simple. Actually doing it can be another thing, can't it? Because of yeah. course, 
like anybody um, you, you're trying to drive fast at the end of the day and of course on the entry you're trying to push those entries but it's very easy to extend the corner um, and I mean with very experienced very experienced drivers they still have a tendency to do that which is why we talk about people like Rob Wilson going taking F1 drivers and, and taking them to an airfield in a Vauxhall Astra and talking about flat car, which Nothing is a straight car. Nothing wrong with Vauxhall Astras. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, if you say so. But <laughs> but yeah, and, and even at that level, still reminding and reminding drivers that the car is happiest when it's straight, when it's flat. Um, and it's so important to have your priority be the exit, really. Mm. And we do see it all the time, don't we, that people want to get the throttle on. Yeah. I want to get the throttle on. And especially if they've gone, if you've not worked on the entry phase yet. So what you'll subconsciously do is you'll feel there's grip in the car. So you think, right, I'll give it some throttle. But of course, you're still trying to get it to change direction. And one thing, analogy I always use to people, if you imagine you're trying to change direction and then you do a wheelie, <laughs> so now that you take the front wheels off the ground, it's not going to go around the corner anymore, is it? And that's essentially what you're doing by degrees. Yeah. So you start to feed the power and you're reducing the front end grip and it's going to not go the way you want it to. Yeah, so therefore you extend the corner. You extend so the, the radius corner. Of the corner. And you get a poor bigger. exit. <laughs> yeah, so it's something, you know, whether you are starting to do track days or you're already an experienced racer, it's something to keep working on and, and, and never stop, really. Um. And one thing I'd say to anybody is you never stop learning or perfecting your craft. And as I just said, with Rob Wilson, with F1 drivers, I mean, they're, they're the elite, aren't they? Yeah. Yet they're still having to go to airfields and do this because you have you never get to a point where it's like, right, I'm good. I've done that now. That's it. Move on. You can always find a little bit more and perfect it a little bit more, which is where I guess us as coaches come in to try and get the best out of the driver all the time, whatever level that might be. Yeah, because even when you're driving yourself, you find yourself doing things thinking, oh, I, yeah. I tell people this every day, yeah, and absolutely. here I am doing it myself. Absolutely, you know? I laugh at myself sometimes for exactly that. And you, <laughs> you know, doing the, the most obvious mistakes that we talk about yeah. um, and thinking, why have I just done that? Um, but impatience, ultimately. Yeah. Frustration, it depends. This is where the mental side comes in as well. Pressure. There are many, many aspects to cause you to drive differently. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah something definitely to, to have a little think about and focus on. And really, if you're heading out the corner and you're having to either steer more or you're stuck with the steering on, and it's not a sequence of corners, that is, then you need to think about changing your entry into the corner so you're actually unwinding the steering earlier yeah. altering your line so, perhaps altering yeah. where you're Apex, looking whatever yeah. it is yeah as cat says to try and get that angle right to come mm -hmm. off the corner absolutely so if we move that into road driving which is of course yeah. you know a different aim and target isn't it yes so the thing with road driving is um the, the one of the biggest things with road driving is being able you've got to be able to stop at the distance you can see and so you've got to match your speed with what you can see yeah so we you know we've talked about using road position and things like that with safety being your priority but on the on the on the exit out the, on the road you've always got to make sure that you, you can easily exit still on your own side of the road if you then find it's clear and you can use a bit more that's fine but you don't want to ever rely on that absolutely um and of course you, you're just dealing with what you can't see so you've got to wait until you've you can see out of the corner before you commit yourself to the exit so as we've always said the dynamics of what the car's doing are pretty much the same wherever you are yeah um but your thought processes and your timing and your vision might be slightly different yeah. because you've got to work with what you can and can't see on the road. So but ultimately, you're still trying to straighten the wheel. You are still trying to do the same thing, yeah. And, yeah. and accelerate together at the same time. Yes. The amount of clients you meet at Porsche or wherever, 
they say, oh, I had a moment here and the car stepped out and or I was overtaking and then this happened. And it's basically down to timing, as simple as that. And I don't care. I know many people say, oh, there was oil on the road or there was this. Yeah. I don't care. I'm not Fox saying right it. I'm not saying every time <laughs> that's not the case. But majority of the time it won't be. No. It will be they've seen, I can go now. And their foot's going down quicker than they're straightening the wheel. And of course, the front and the back aren't working in time together. And at some point, something's going to give. Something's going to give, that's right. And quite often, if it's very heavy-footed, it's going to be the back, <laughs> ultimately. Y yes. Um, depending, obviously, what you're driving. But, um, you know, a lot of people uh, we deal with uh, have very powerful cars, don't they? So they have yeah. a tendency to do that. So, yeah, even on the road, you can still, of course, you know, enjoy your driving and perfect your driving. Um, whether it's about safety or just sheer enjoyment and trying to time things as best as possible and of course steering and power and making the front and back work together even the way you brake we've talked about trail braking we've got a video on it you know and we demonstrated that on the road we did because physics still remain the same yes okay we're driving slower but why not work with the car on the road like you would do a circuit ultimately um, and make it as fluid as possible so um yeah so so lots of things you can think about there um hopefully any questions get in touch um it's really nice to hear from everybody so please you know on any social media accounts or through the website uh obviously as well feel free so the next exciting thing is motorsport <laughs> of course <laughs> so we've just watched the monster sprint race now yes. Straight away, I'm going to say, I know um, I put this on social media for the first sprint race they did and got real mixed feedback um, of who liked it and who didn't and why. I have to say, I'm a massive fan. Oh, yeah. For me, um, I did think about the qualifying on the Friday. It might be a bit of a mix, but um, actually, uh, who just, Ross Braun, that's it, just confirmed the numbers, view, viewers for the Friday has gone up like tenfold, yeah. apparently. Because there's more for people to watch on, on the Friday that perhaps aren't as sad and anoraki as us. No. <laughs> Where we're watching all the practice. Well, it's at the right time, isn't it? It's like tea time, isn't it? Yeah, so exactly. So, so um, you get to watch the qualifying. For me, you get to watch more racing. So what's what's bad about yeah, that totally. from a, a, a um, spectator's perspective? But, um, but not just that. I think it means for... You know, drivers with less budgets or the cars aren't as, as quick. I should say teams with less budgets. Um, it, it means they get thrown into the mix a bit more because they have less to lose, don't they? So yeah. it, it really mixes the grid and makes it a bit more exciting for yeah. Sunday, doesn't it? It does. And I think overall what we've enjoyed is the jeopardy of it. Yeah. You know, because, you know, if you're Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton, you're thinking, I've got to get a clean start. And but, but but you know but the McLarens behind are thinking well we're coming through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've got almost nothing to lose. Yes. And of course they do in some respects, but in comparison they're not fighting for a championship, so it's a very different outlook at the start of the race for them. And we saw it again today, didn't we? Really. We did. Yeah. Um, I mean Bottas, I have to say, uh, drove faultlessly. He did um, Friday with qualifying. Bearing in mind he was towing Lewis around. And he still pulled the lap out of the bag. I think a lot of that, I've said all along with Valtteri, is mental. Um, and he's got some security now, a multi-year deal. Okay, not, not with Mercedes, so he is being dropped. But I think having that security that he's still in Formula 1. And perhaps he's just not very happy at Mercedes. Yeah, maybe it's um, a relief. And it's a relief. And straight away we're seeing the old Valtteri back, I think. Um, and you can see he just seems more relaxed more himself um so it was a joy to to see him in qualifying do so well but also 
you know, in the sprint race, he didn't put a foot wrong, so you can't say anything about that. But unfortunately, for the main race, because of uh, they, they've changed parts of they've the engine, they've changed quite a they? lot of bits, I think. Yeah, yeah. so he's going to have to start the back of the grid. But I think he's not fussed about that. He knows he's not fighting for the championship. And actually, sometimes some of your best races are from the pack. You know, the most exciting. So yeah, um, and the pressure's off in a way for him. So I think he started um, he's got in the it pit all... lane. I think I've seen. I think Is that so. right? Yeah. Oh, I thought we started. Well, they were saying so. Gasly. So these are the things of the jeopardy. So Gasly made a blinder of a start. And then very slightly bumped into Daniel Ricciardo, didn't yeah, he? And, and, came, and that was the end of that. He was elf, wasn't he? Yeah, well, the way so he, he broke, started didn't the pit lane and he said, I'm starting with Valtteri, he said. So. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. But yeah, so difficult one for Gasly because he did do a brilliant start. He's been faultless. Um, and that, that first chicane, well, anybody he knows, Monza, whether you've just watched it or you've driven around it, it is so, so tight. Um, so overtakes there. There's always that risk and of course it wasn't much of an impact but enough to break the front wing effectively which of course and then what was it turned to yeah just um caused, under the front of it, yeah it? and caused him pretty much then to lose the front end and, and that was that really um but great for the mclarens yeah so, so ricardo is he back on form do we think so ricardo think so. drove brilliantly well, so he finished third he said he needed the summer break and i think he, he he's spoken quite openly about not seeing his family his friends being away all the time, you know, all because he's not of been COVID. home for like two years, has he? And I think, I think that really affected him and going home and, and getting to be the the old Daniel Ricardo without the Formula One bit attached and and just go and relax and spend time with friends and family. I think he's come back and we're seeing the Ricardo that we expected to see at the start of the season. Um, and I hope it continues. Hmm. Uh, so he's starting front row tomorrow, which is the first time since. What is it, 2015 or something? Since he was at Red 20... Bull, I guess, is it? No, they're the same for McLaren. Oh, for McLaren, sorry, I thought you meant Daniel. 2018 yeah. or 2015, something like that. Um, yeah, so, so, so yeah. you know, so great achievement for him. I thought Lando Norris did brilliantly because he kept Lewis behind. Because, of course, Lewis had a terrible start, yeah, he didn't, didn't get, he? he didn't move off the start. Um, really didn't move. Um, and he's trying to he's almost... Yeah, he's too much worse for him. And now he's almost, almost talking himself out of it now because he's saying... Well, the Red Bull's so much quicker, and it's this and it's that, and it should be an easy win for them. You think, well, the Mercedes were quicker than Red Bull all weekend yeah. by quite a lot as well. But he does that every time, and I think that's also... To take the pressure off himself. Absolutely, to take the pressure off himself, because if he convinces himself of that, there's less pressure, so then all he can do is move forwards, you know, if he goes there thinking... I mean, everybody copes with it differently, and that clearly is something that works for him, is put all the pressure on the other team rather than him mm. um so he's not the focus uh and that's what he's done again post um interview race he yes. was very very clear about that wasn't he yes. he says that every single time absolutely so, and, and then there's rapid yeah, so yeah, you, totally, you know, yeah. can't because it could go either way it's a long way to the first corner at yeah. monza um so he could be in the lead come out the first corner or he could you know he's going to get attacked by leclerc and science yeah. and well, it'd be amazing if he does get the lead. I mean, he's starting fourth tomorrow and he's starting on the dirty side, not the clean side. So, um, you know, he's got a lot there to deal with. But you, you never know. I mean, we saw today with Gasly, we saw with Ricardo. You can gain a lot. So um, we'll have to just wait and see on that one. But no, it's nice to see him back on form. Norris did really well to deal with the pressure of... Um, of um Hamilton the entire race. Yeah, I know he it's only, up really, you know, uh, Yeah, oh he did. He he's somebody who seems to deal with that kind of pressure and whether he's really chilled or not is another thing, but he he certainly gives off that that impression, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Um which works quite well. And the Ferraris I think 
couldn't do any better than they did. No, I mean, it sounds like the clerk's not very well. Yeah. He says he was feeling sick. Science yeah. had a massive shunt this morning. He did. And and I think it's a shame because he he really isn't sure why. And the problem is then for a driver, if you don't know why you've crashed, um, that's going to really impede your confidence mm. in a race. Because if you know what's happened, whether it's your fault or a car failure, you know. But when you when there's this big question mark of I don't really know what happened and he said in the interview that I wasn't pushing, I don't really know what happened. And I, I was um, listening to Damon Hill talk about it and he said it seemed very weird, weird how the revs picked up, sort of accelerating towards the wall mm. and all this sort of stuff. So um, whether there is some sort of glitch, who knows. Um, but yeah, difficult one for him and his team because of course he's had a few incidents now. Uh, before the main race and they've had to try and prepare the car quickly uh for the for the race day so um but the main thing is they finished you know um in sequence i don't think they would have got any higher up to be honest no, they just don't they both said the cars, that they're quick enough are they? yeah are, are quick enough um unfortunately so you know it is what it is a small say. aircraft come to join us yeah for some you reason away, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so um yeah so we'll wait for tomorrow but big big fan the sprint race yeah um, we can keep works don't we definitely get in touch let us know whether you think we should keep keep it or whether they should drop it let us know i'd love to know your thoughts especially second time round because the first time nobody likes change there was a lot of defense so second time round, what are people's thoughts now mm. now they've seen it for a second time did they really enjoy it do they think it's good for the whole grid that kind of thing uh, or not or would they rather just see it as it used to be so so we'll see um so yeah moving on to the interactive question then yes so um <laughs> interesting on this because just because we were talking about the the radford 62 earlier on and there's there's a few things around like um Renault have just shown their new Renault 5. <laughs> so oh, the, yeah, which I think is electric, obviously. And it's it's what classic <laughs> electric car? Electric as in it's electric, not yeah, electric. It's not, as in, it's it's exciting, yeah, it's not exciting. It's not cosmic. <laughs> yeah. What classic car would you like to see a modern version of? I know what you're going to say. Give me an Audi Cobra, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? That's what happens every time. Is we somehow have different questions, and I always have the same answer. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Um, no, if it wasn't. Uh, honestly, it would be the F40, Ferrari F40. I'd love to see oh, Ferrari yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. bring that back to life um, as a modern F40. I think that was such an iconic Ferrari. Um, I know an incredibly hard car to drive, and I'd love to see um, some modern technology, but with the old retro style of an F40 merged together, okay. I think, for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like that. What about you? Well, this is a bit of a random one, just because I saw one the other day. When I remember when I was tiny, when I was about four or five years old, we went on holiday to Tenerife. We yeah. went twice, actually. And both times, my dad hired a Fiat 126, okay. which was kind of born out of a Fiat 500. It was like right. a, like a, so I'd love to see a modern 126, Fiat. Why? I don't think I'd buy one. <laughs> You wouldn't even buy it yourself. <laughs> I think it would look cool. Well, it's like I saw the Renault what? 5 and I thought that was kind of like a Renault 5, that. Yeah. Which, of course, I suppose is probably the point. So I need to come up with a better answer then, don't I? <laughs> well, no, you can't have something say, I'd love to see that, but I wouldn't buy it. I just think, yeah. I love the 126, because you could fit one in this room quite happily, you know, a tiny little thing. I mean, I wouldn't buy an F40, but that's not because I wouldn't well, want no, to. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I certainly would want to, I just couldn't afford to, that's yeah. the only thing. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, no, so let us know what you think then. So if you could, I guess, um, yeah, re-re, what would you say? 
I was going to say reborn, but that's not that's right, not re reimagined. No, there's a word for it, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, yeah. that. <laughs> um, if you'd love to see a new version of a classic car, what would it be and why? So get in touch. We'd love to. Um, you can put it on the channel. You can, as we, as you know, social media, all that stuff. You can. And get Nick Arnold, you can't have Mustang. Yeah, yeah. Before you say <laughs> Nick, you're not allowed. You're not allowed Mustang band, just like the AC Cobra is for me. Okay, so has to be a different answer this week. <laughs> um, so next week, obviously more car news. Um, obviously loads of things coming up. Lots of uh, changes in the car industry anyway, and cars are sort of moving again now with this chips uh, shortage that we have had yeah. across the industry so yeah there'll be more news on that also the indie cars are this weekend uh, so we'll discuss kind of the results of that won't we yeah so the italian um, grand prix and it's portland indie cars yeah which is so, all coming up to a boil now because there's um first and second in the indie car championship are two of the youngsters so yeah. um pato was leading it in palau alex palau second yeah so it's really yeah a bit of probably a change in the guard going on in IndyCar. And they're talking about um, Pato Ward maybe going to Formula One. Yeah, they? yeah. So well, well, Zach's promised him a test, doesn't he? I think he yeah, might do the young wins. driver test. Yeah. So um, yeah, so it'll be very interest interesting to see because I do feel like IndyCar now is back in its prime, and you're seeing a lot more. Yeah, a lot close of big names. Kind of attachment between Formula One and IndyCar, you know, sports cars together. So, um, so yeah, so I think so that's So people were knocking on the door of F1 and now going over there, like yeah. Callum Eilots racing this weekend. Yeah, yeah, because I just um, think people know that, um, you know, there isn't many slots in F1, but that doesn't mean you're not good enough. Um, no. So where else do you go, which is and if you look just at something as like, good or if not better absolutely. to race in. So. And if you look at something like Dario Franchitti, how, you know, it was the making of him going over there. And he didn't want to do F1. Absolutely. He got offered the test and he was like, I'm all right here, thanks. Yeah, well, <laughs> that happened actually with um, Danica Patrick. She got offered an F1 uh, drive and turned it down. Yeah. Um, because she was having such a great time in America and earning great money. And it's all, why risk all this? Yeah for what could be and at the time was Virgin I think that offered it and of course they were nowhere so why jeopardise that um, I mean it would have been a great publicity thing for Formula One but I think she was having such a great time there and doing so well why risk all of that yeah, for, for that really so so yeah so we'll be talking about that so more car news of course uh, we'll be announcing some more drivers at uh, not drivers sorry some will be drivers of course <laughs> Um, but people in the industry across the board, as we're getting quite a few people that have said yes, which is really exciting, who are just gradually booking them in and trying to spread them out because, of course, um, the motorsport season will gradually slow down, so we'll want more and more specials to share with you So yeah. and interviews, so we're trying to spread those out as well. But, yeah, if you haven't listened to the Richard Atwood interview yet, please do or watch. It's um, well worth it. It's, yeah. it's well worth it. He, it's just... For me, it was a real reminder of how different um, most sport used to be back then to what it is now. And in a way, and I mean this in the best way possible, how amateurish it was in the fact that, you know, they compared to the money they spend on it today and but also how dangerous it was and what kind of mentality you had to have back then yeah. to what you do today. We still know it's dangerous and we still lose people, but compared, compared back to then, you know, it's nothing. No, um, no. So some really interesting stories there. So definitely give that a listen. So anyway, guys, um, thanks for listening. I know it's a short one this week, um, but we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Um, so uh, please get in touch and hopefully hear from you soon. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Veloce Podcast, Fast and Fluid Conversation with Kat MP and Richard Bott. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never
never miss an episode of the Veloce Podcast.